there, everybody. Welcome back to Game Changers, the podcast where we talk to some of your favorite people in the sports and fantasy sports industry and learn about their journeys to how they got to where they are. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. I'm very excited uh, for today's guest. She is the pride of Yahoo Sports. She is hilarious. She is an award winner. She's beloved by everyone in our community and fans alike. She is a trailblazer. She is none other than Liz Loza of Yahoo. You can find her on Twitter at Liz Loza underscore FF. Liz, thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm good, Dan. Thank you so much for um, inviting me on and for that rousing introduction. I hope I can live up to it. Well, should we tell everybody that we had like a five minute conversation <laughs> about how we secretly kind of quietly despise our children right before sure. we started recording? Or are, did, did your kids listen to it? Because last, last week with Scott Fish, I mentioned that if I had to take something from my house, I would save my son's favorite stuffed animal that is named cow and is a cow or my daughter's favorite stuffed animal, which is a dinosaur named Penty. And I let them listen to it. And so now I'm a little worried after I said that they're actually going to want to listen to this podcast every week. So okay. a lot of things. Number one, of course, we started with a little bit of conversation because you're a host and hosts are great at creating conversation. Um Number two, I have to follow Scott Fish, who is like the nicest man, not just in fantasy, but maybe, I don't know, the metro Minneapolis area. Um, and he all he loves his kids. So that's oh, yeah. in stark contrast to me yeah. and now you, as I've discovered. Um, yeah. And I appreciate also that you would save any of your children's belongings, because if I step on one more freaking lego piece i might just lose it i'm gonna ch- chuck them all if it if i weren't worried about like them choking the sea turtles i would chuck them all out the window yeah so i feel like you know i'm pretty happy with what i've accomplished in life i mean i was a lawyer i did pretty well i'm editor-in-chief mm-hmm. of fantasy president betting press i'm pretty happy the greatest thing that i have done ever in my life was that i put together a lego of Kylo Ren. I don't know if you know Star Wars. Wow. Kylo Ren's ship. It's like four feet tall. It no. took me like six days. And I don't let them play with it at all. I just say you have to observe this on the side and look at it and and take in the splendor. Um, And I, I do that both because I'm very proud of myself for putting it together, but also because... Again, like you, if I step on another Lego, oh. I'm just burning the house down. I I just, I won't do it anymore. There is no greater pain. You also know who loves you and who doesn't by the parents who buy your children Legos as a birthday gift. Because if you <laughs> buy my kid a Lego gift, we're not friends. Thanks so much. I know this was regifted because you hate them too. And also, I've never built anything as big as Kylo Ren. Um, I have built or helped my son build like the... Jurassic Park thing, but only because I point to the Mama T-Rex and say, this is how I feel when you don't clean up your toys. Well, you can find more of our discussion (laughs) on Liz and Dan Talk Kids, which will be debuting sometime in the next couple of weeks if I have my way. Um, But in the meantime, we are here really to talk about you and your backstory and how you got to basically be one of the, the true, you know, game changers of this industry. Now, before we get into that, we have, were running a contest, as a lot of people listening know. We were giving away a signed Devonte Adams helmet. That contest just ended on June 30th, and there were actually two winners. The first winner is my new best friend, Chris, who actually lives in the UK. I was unaware, but there are apparently shipping issues when you try to send a helmet to the UK. We couldn't do it. Chris basically was fantastic, agreed to accept a few other things in exchange for the helmet, one of which being I am now his personal fantasy 
valet. So Liz, if I have to jump off in the middle of this podcast, it is just because Chris has emailed me with some sort of question because he goes right to the top. Um, the second person, though, who actually is getting the uh, helmet is Dane from Kansas. Congratulations, Dane. It is on its way. I hope you really enjoy it. If you missed out, don't worry. We are running another contest. We are giving away a signed Mike Evans uh, Tampa Bay jersey. Same thing. All you need to do, leave an honest review uh, on either Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Send a screenshot of that review to gamechangers at fantasypros.com. If you entered the first one, you are automatically entered for this one. So no worries there. All right, Liz, one thing that I have learned uh, in doing this a couple of times is that a lot of people who work in this industry weren't necessarily really all that into sports until kind of later in their life. Some people not till college, stuff like that. Were you heavily into sports as a kid or is it something that you kind of got into later in life? Um, I would say I don't know if heavily into sports. I was always very interested in sports. I grew up in Chicago. It's a big sports town. I grew up in the 90s. Michael Jordan, obviously, as we all experienced, especially during quarantine via The Last Dance, was very key in shaping my childhood. Um, And I grew up, uh, my mom was a single mom, but my grandfather was probably my primary, at least from a domestic point of view, caregiver. And he was very much like the description of the Carl Sandburg poem, Chicago, stormy, husky, brawling, a World War II vet, but very into all sports. Um, And, you know, he would watch the Cubs on WGN and have himself a little gin and tonic and some cheese crackers from the Aldi's. And I would definitely be a part of that. Not the gin and tonic, but certainly the cheese crackers and watching the Cubs. Um, So the sports certainly informed my childhood. The Bears were part of that. But I don't think, you know, it's interesting as a as a girl, like sports were not as open to girls um, as they are now. There weren't as many co-ed leagues. There weren't as many. I remember, in fact, desperately, because I'm referencing the Cubs here in WGN, um, just I feel like this is a good antidote for my childhood, but it was Halloween and elementary school. All the other little girls were being princesses because my mom, who uh, is an attorney, now she's a judge, but she was an attorney at the time, single mom trying to, you know, provide. My grandfather was in charge of ballet costumes, figure skating costumes, Halloween costumes, all that sort of stuff. And so for Halloween that year, when all the other little girls were princesses, I was Ryan Sandberg, who was the second baseman. Um, and out of that love, then I also went to my mom and said, I want to play Little League. Like I, I could play shortstop. I've got a great swing. My grandpa would take me to the park. And I remember my mom going to the local park district and wanting to sign me up as I had requested. And it was affordable because it was, you know, through the park district. And a lot of the like bro-y, jerky dads in front were talking about not knowing what my mom was there for, not knowing who she was. Um, that they were like, they better not let any girls on this team. And just saying like really chauvinistic really? stuff. Yeah. And so my mom, in an effort to protect me, said, I'm not going to sign you up because she was afraid that I would be harassed because all of the dads were like jockeying about this sort of thing. And so she didn't, um, she wouldn't put me in in T-ball because she felt like it was not like a safe or um, productive environment because she couldn't be at every game because she was working. She didn't trust my grandfather to stay calm and not throw punches. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so um, she she said no. So I wasn't able to participate in I guess you could call it like normative sports, right? Like the, the mainstream right. sports. Um, but I did I, I did play volleyball and I also became a competitive figure skater. So 
Wow. You know. That's awesome. Well, that's honestly really surprising. And not, I mean, I, I don't know exactly how old you are, Liz, but you're clearly, you know, I, I've seen you. You're, you're certainly not at a point where I would think that, you know, it would be that sort of backlash for, you know, a girl. I remember growing up and playing Little League and there were plenty of, of girls who played in our league and, you know, it wasn't a thing. I don't ever remember thinking that it was a thing. So that sucks. Liz, like that, yeah. that really sucks. That uh, maybe you... it was timing. Maybe I mean I did grow yeah. up in the Midwest in a very blue collar yep. neighborhood. So, um, you know, and, and that allowed me a lot of interesting perspectives. Now, as an adult looking back, but was not the most progressive of neighborhoods. Yeah. Okay. Well. All right. So you're, you know, you you're, you know, you're you're playing certain sports. Obviously, you didn't start with t-ball or anything like that. And then, you know, you go to school and, and go to college. I assume at this point it is not, yeah, when I, you know, when I graduate, I'm going to be working in sports, right? No, no, not at all. I mean, I went to Brown. So, mm-hmm. like, sports are not a big right. part of the Brown University community, if yeah, I'm being yeah, totally I get honest. It. Like, it's, you know, it's an academically based school. They have something called Ultimate Frisbee, which is just as popular, frankly, as the football team. So... <laughs> Um, I, but I always did carry the, a passion for sports and college weirdly, um, influenced my becoming involved in sports from a professional level, because as I mentioned, my grandfather before, when I went away to Brown and I will also very clearly say this, like the neighborhood that I, nobody went to Brown, like nobody, nobody went to a college like that. My mom worked very hard to make sure that I would go to like a very good school and work my butt off. And so I was definitely a fish out of water. And not many people really from my area even left for college. Like if you went, you went to U of I or you went to the community college for two years and then you went to the state school, whichever one in Illinois you were accepted to or your family could afford. So there wasn't a lot of like leaving for school. And um, my grandfather did not want – I was also accepted to Northwestern and he did not want – me. he wanted me to go to Northwestern. He did not want me to leave because what could happen on the East Coast and be away and – I went, I went anyway, and un- very sadly, uh, my first semester was the middle of finals of my first semester. He um, had a massive stroke, and oh. I was uh, – my mom called me, and I raced back to Chicago because uh, – to say goodbye, basically. I wasn't able to make it in time before he passed, and that was – like right before Christmas and I was in the middle of finals for my first semester. And so, but as as weirdly as a way to grieve, I remember I turned on the TV and the bears were playing the Vikings and I just consumed that game was so bereft and heartbroken and it was Christmas and I had all this gear and you know, like I had this Brown university grandpa sweatshirt that I was planning to give him for Christmas. And so I watched this Brown, um, I'm sorry, this bears Vikings game. And then I just started watching Every football game, every that was like my process, my way to process and grieve, and that became a regular tradition. So even at Brown, I would find these like clusters of students watching football on Sundays, and I continued that tradition, which is weirdly how fantasy then came into my life because I was no longer just a regional sports fan, a Bears fan, but but because of this tradition that I created in in a way to honor and process the loss of my grandfather, I started becoming a fan of the whole league and understanding players that were, you know, outside of the NFC North. I mean, that's a 
It's a pretty incredible story, Liz. Uh, I mean, really. And so you you weren't somebody who I mean, you were a fan of football, obviously, from your grandfather, but you weren't somebody who who watched football sort of religiously until that was basically what helped you process and cope with your grandfather passing away. I mean, I would watch the Bears games religiously, sure. right? But I would not watch. I mean, also, I grew up in a time where Red Zone was not a Correct. thing when I was a child, sure. right? Like Red yep. Zone became a thing in my te- like late teens, early 20s, I think. Mm-hmm. Like some kids in college had it, but really right. nobody had it until I, until, I, until I was dating this boy, frankly. I was dating this guy. And I remember one time he sheepishly said we were at his apartment and they've been, been going pretty well. <laughs> and um, he said, um, you know, I, I, I'm in this thing called a fantasy football league and I, I have this thing called the Red Zone Channel. And do you mind if like, you don't have to join me if you don't want, but I'm, I, I kind of want to watch football Sunday. And I was like, oh, I did not have, I was an aspiring actress at the time. I did not have money for the Red Zone Channel. Right. And I was just like, this mother. Oh, excuse me. This guy. Leave, this leave guy, that out, please, producers. Go ahead. This guy just earned himself another date. Like, <laughs> what are we? Are we ordering wings or Chinese? Let's go. And so, um, yeah. And so then I, I snored in on his red zone and snored in on managing his fantasy team and helped manage his team to a Super Bowl victory, which then earned me my own team in his league the following year, which I won. Ah, all right. So there are a couple of things. First of all, is, is this your husband, eventual husband? Yeah. That, okay, good. Very good. <laughs> uh, no, no. I Look, first of all, he's like my hero at this point. Um, I will <laughs> let you know that on my second date with my now wife, I made her watch a playoff game with the Mets Cardinals when she had absolutely no interest in baseball. So the fact, like you marrying your husband, that makes total sense based on that story. My wife marrying <laughs> me is a total outlier. And clearly don't do that, gentlemen, if you're if you're out there <laughs> and you're courting a lady, um, especially not on your second date. Um, okay, so now you're you're getting into fantasy here. Is that is that what's going on? Like you you're clearly sort of good at it. Is it in a professional way or you you said you were an actress at this point? Is that still where your career is going? Yeah. Well, I yes, I had come out to Los Angeles after graduating from college and wanted to pursue a career in entertainment. I always I didn't know what it looked like. Um did, I you, knew I, did you major, by the I don't know if you said it. Did you major in something involving acting or? Yeah, I double majored. Well, my mom was like, you're not, I'm not letting you go to Brown and major in theater. So <laughs> pick two. Like you can do that. But also you need oh, a double major. Mom. All right. um, <laughs> um, so I did major in theater and my second, my other degree from Brown is in anthropological linguistics. So equally marketable. Wow. Yeah, right. That's the first thing that popped into my my mind. Wow. Okay. All right. So you're you're pursuing your acting career. Yes. So I, I knew I wanted to be a storyteller in some way. And so the first logical step was um, pursuing an acting career. So I came to LA, was doing that to like a, a moderate amount of success, but by no means, you know, was I wasn't famous. And uh, but I was pounding the pavement and had a day job and juggling all the things, you know, um, Met this guy, as I explained, um, and then I, the next season, you know, as I said, I, I won the Super Bowl of the league. The guys all balked. I was the only woman in the league. The guys all balked, and they said, oh, this is beginner's luck. And so the second season, when I had my own team, I won the Super Bowl again. So back-to-back years. 
Um, and then I remember I was just sort of enjoying it. But at the same time, my career was becoming increasingly frustrating. I had booked some big things and booked a pilot, but nothing was really turning over to like the next level. I felt like I was a bit of a, at a bit of a plateau. And I was watching Fantasy Football Live. I remember it very clearly sitting on my then boyfriend's sofa in West Hollywood watching Fantasy Football Live ahead of Sunday's games. And I looked at Joel and said, why are there no women on this show? Like 45% of the NFL viewing audience are female. Mm -hmm. What? Why? why are there no women on here? And he offhandedly said, like, you know, with half of a piece of pizza sticking out of his mouth, um, I don't know, why don't you create a blog? Why don't you make a blog? <laughs> Joel's so, my hero, by the way, just in the way he does everything with life. I'm sorry, go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's fine. I mean, he is a hero. Like, he, we look back now and I was like, oh, my God, I could have slayed. If I had Tinder, oh, my God, like what I could have done, the damage I could have done oh, in the city. boy. But All right. anyway. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, no, a different podcast, different podcast. Sure, go ahead. Sure. Um, so I was like, oh, a blog, you say, uh, let me go check out some WordPress. And I created the fantasyfootballgirl.com and found that it was a way for me to be creative. And ha I created a content schedule for myself, used all of the acumen that I had gathered working in the entertainment industry and transferred it into this. And I could write and I could do vlogs. Remember those? Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, you're probably like the vlog inventor, right? I feel I like you're- I think so. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I might have been. Like I had this, I jerry-rigged jerry this um, teleprompter for myself. I'd write copy and wow. used iMovie. And I had like branded segments. Like one was secret weapons with these footballs. And another was as the league turns with little footballs uh, falling through an hourglass. Crushing life. Absolutely. I love yes. it. Yes. And it was a complete passion project that grew and grew and grew. And every year I kept thinking, well, how can I make this bigger? What's the next thing I can do? All the while still making my income from being an actress and, you know, taking little odd like acting coach here and there. And at that point in my career, I wasn't still waiting tables. Thankfully, enough of the acting stuff had picked up that I didn't need a like super consistent day job. Though I worked some really, really tough ones. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's probably another podcast too. Right, right, um, right. So I'm taking notes just to be clear on these six other podcasts I, <laughs> I would like to propose to you after we're done with this. We are going to collaborate. Um, <laughs> so I said, okay, what's the next thing I can do? And I, you know, this thing called podcast, this was like probably 2010. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, podcasts are like kind of a thing. Like I listened to a couple of podcasts. And so I went into iTunes and the search bar typed in fantasy football and I saw what podcasts came up. And the first one was the ESPN podcast, and the mm -hmm. second one was the CBS podcast, and then the third most listened to podcast was not branded by a giant network. It was just the Fantasy Football Guys. Mm -hmm. And I sent the Fantasy Football Guys and maybe 10 other podcasts query letters that I personalized saying like, hey, here's my blog. I've had it for a year. Here are some samples of my writing. Here are some samples of my video work. I'd really like to come on to your show and do a sleeper segment. And I sent out 10, maybe maybe 15 of those query letters, basically to everyone that wasn't CBS and ESPN at the time. Mm -hmm. And the only, some people replied and they were like, mm, I don't really think, and this is a true story, 
that I heard numerous times, in fact, even from some of those bigger branded companies. Um, I don't think anybody's going to want to take fantasy advice from a woman. No, 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 no. Is yes, that true? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I heard that many times. Ooh. Um, and, uh, but the fantasy football guys who, again, had the most listened to independent mm-hmm. fantasy football podcast uh called me up and we had like a half an hour discussion and they're like, well, we think you're great and you know your stuff. And if you want to do a sleeper segment on our Thursday show, you can have 15 minutes. And so I was then able to grow my audience via theirs. And I still play in a dynasty league with those guys. Last summer, um, I hung out with Kevin Moore, who is, it's Kevin mm-hmm. Lyle. And Kevin and I hung out last summer with his wife and my husband in um, my husband's from Maryland in Ocean City. We got together because they happened to live in Delaware. And so I've met them in person a couple of times and we're still in contact and they're incredible supporters and they've never been anything but encouraging. And so that was how I got my first um, foray into podcasting. And then the year after that, I was like, okay, well, I want my own podcast now. And so yeah. um, my friend, John Evans, who was like my you know, Sunday at the neighborhood sports bar kind of frat pale we'd like go we were in a couple leagues together and we'd like go watch sports together on Sundays like we always fought when we were watching like playfully while we were eating like mozzarella sticks and stuff and so (laughs) a friend of ours said hey why don't you guys make a podcast and so we said yes and we started the x's and y's podcast and you know every year there was some new thing that I added until um and I said yes to everybody's everything, right? Can you come on my sure. podcast? Can you? And so eventually the ask got bigger and the listening, uh, the audience that was listening to the various podcasts grew. And then Sirius XM invited me on a couple of times. And um, I think my, I think if I like look back, my big break, if you will, was Nando DeFino, who had invited me on his his show on Sirius XM a couple of times. He invited me on again. I, of course, said yes. I remember it was like six o'clock in the morning my time because he's running on East Coast time. Right. And I do a segment and I get a DM on Twitter from Mark Bloom, who's better known as Dr. Roto. Mm-hmm. And he says, I work for Scout Fantasy and you're fantastic. And why haven't I ever heard of you? And I said, I don't know why you haven't heard of me. <laughs> That's on you. And he said, can I call you? And I said, sure. And so we chatted on the phone and he said, I'd like to introduce you to my bosses at Scout. I know we're hiring and looking to grow and would you be interested? And uh, at the time I had, uh, my son was um, 11 months old, 12 months mm-hmm. old at the time. And so I was like, okay, uh, I'll, yeah, like, let's see if I can make this work. And they offered me a position and I took it. And that got me my first paid gig. And then from there, Yahoo took notice. And uh, I will have been with Yahoo five years this month. Wow. July. All right, so is, it, before, is it July yet? I don't know. Yeah, um, it, it just started being July. <laughs> okay. Way to be. It's okay. Time is completely meaningless at this yeah. point. Um, so before Scout, all your work, everything that you had been doing and you've been getting notice, you hadn't been paid like at all? Were you even getting like, you know, per article or anything like per appearance or anything like that? Or was that really your first paid fantasy work? Um, I had negotiated some independent stuff, like video stuff. Um, 
I worked with a clothing company and did something, but it was like, they were like, okay, well, we'll give you, you know, 500 bucks and you make this many videos with that. And if there's anything left over, you could like the production costs and your payment are baked in. So no, uh, my first like legit paid fantasy gig was via Scout. Wow. And at that point, was acting done? Or was acting done before that? Or when did it fully transition over to you? Like, this is my career. This is what I'm doing. Um, well, at that point, so when I, I mean, I said this to you before, my son was a bit of a surprise. So yeah. that kind of affects, you know, what you can audition for, at least temporarily. Yes. So at that point, I started doing a lot of a lot more voiceover. And I was working very, very regularly and had a great agent and was working very regularly in voiceover. And I still work in voiceover from time to time. Um, So I would say on camera, like sitcom acting or being like I was on scandal, like I'm not that show's not on the air anymore. Right. But like, so I would say at that point in my career, I was still doing some on camera, um, but it was mostly voiceover. And I, I did like a, I still do some voiceover jobs. It, you know, it's I'm not like actively pursuing them or sure. auditioning for them, but every once in a while, my agent will call me with an offer. I was the voice of Pier One Imports um, for a year or so, a year or two years, and that was as recent as like 2016. Yeah. Well, so. that's awesome. I mean, and I can say, I think on behalf of the entire fantasy community, we are very happy because you are hilarious and awesome. <laughs> and I mean, I... It almost makes me a little mad. I'm not going to lie to you, Liz, to hear about some of the things that essentially because you were a woman, like that, that's the entire thing. We won't take fantasy advice from a woman. Go back to when you're a kid and it's weird that you're trying out or, you know, some of the guys are acting weird because you're trying out for T-ball. It's just makes me a little angry. Liz, I'm not going to lie. I, I love your story. I'm in a happy mood generally. But that part of it really is, you know, especially that it, it's relatively recently. You know, it's it's surprising. I mean, it, yeah, it, it always surprises me when people find it surprising because it's, yep. you know, sort of been just a fact that, I, yeah. you know, just like a part of the life. Um, and in fact, I think it was T- T- Tanya Ray Fox on Twitter uncovered something that Bill Simmons, that gem, um, had written about whining about how he didn't want women in fantasy because it's one of the last vestiges of where men can be men. And that was, I think, an article he wrote, you know, within the past decade. So I would say that, you know, that it it, it is a very recent change that we are deciding to be open-minded to different ideas and perspectives. And that was always my thought was, I went on another podcast recently where I was surprised um, my colleague Matt Harmon last summer had done a mini pod called the Rookie Orientation Podcast where he previewed in depth with various voices, um, different rookies that were coming into the 2019 season and Greedy Williams, the cornerback for Mm -hmm. now Cleveland, um, was one of them and he asked me to give my take and so I was writing down my notes when I was watching Greedy's tape and his mirroring technique very much reminded me of that scene from Dirty Dancing, the hungry eyes scene where um, baby is learning the steps to the merengue via Penny. Mm -hmm. And so I referenced that and you would think I said some wild stuff. Like people were like, oh my God, that's... 
She's referencing Dirty Dance. This is a greedy woman. And I was like, but that's because like my set of cultural references, my emotional reservoir is different than yours. And that's okay because it allows you, it provides you with an opportunity to think in a different way, to reference something else that is outside of your comfort zone. And we're never going to grow if all we do is stay comfortable. And that goes for all of us. First of all, let me explain something, okay? The Dirty Dancing reference is perfect just because I immediately know what you're talking about. I'm Thank like you. picturing, I'm like Patrick Swayze sitting on the floor, like mm-hmm. banging like with his hands, like to the beat and stuff like that, watching it 100%. I love it. That is a great way to describe something. And it's crazy. I mean, I guess you're right. I, I mean, I guess, you know, you're surprised that people are still surprised by it. But, you know, I guess that says something. But I am... On behalf of the entire, you know, all the listeners, on behalf of the entire fantasy community, I mean, God, you're such a joy and you're so good at what you do. And it's so great that you were able to make it uh, through sort of those difficulties. And obviously, I hope, you know, that, you know, I'm sure it's still a thing, but I I certainly hope at this point it's simply about content and, you know, different perspectives and everything like that and not in any way about your gender. But um, in the meantime, let me close on this before I ask you, you know, we get to the blitz and I ask you 10 silly questions. Uh, One piece of advice that you can offer to people who are right now looking to get out there, start in this industry, get going. If you had to do one, what would it be? Learn how to write. Everybody wants to be on TV. Everybody wants to be on the internet. Everybody wants to be on video. Everybody wants to have a podcast. Learn how to write. That's how you get your first job. I learned how to write first. I was a writer first. The blog was written first. If you know how to communicate, properly via the written word use like articulating through um i want to say the pen but we don't do that anymore (laughs) but you understand what i'm saying i mean yeah you know um that will just not only will it sharpen your on camera and audio skills and help conceptualize your arguments but it also just gives you a leg up on other people you have to be a triple threat and that is the foundation for i believe the other two And you know what I've kind of realized, not to grumpy old man myself a little bit here, but I don't know if it's texting or what it is, but I feel like the ability to write relatively coherently is like fading away. I don't know if it's because of email or texting or what it is, but, you know, I deal with a a lot of people because, you know, I run our news desks in part. So I deal with a lot of people who really want to get started. And it's just very basic things that I feel like proofread your work. If you submit a sample, for example, if you're doing that, proofread your work, like practice, 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 being able to get your point across in a way that's direct, not overly wordy, watch your grammar, things like that. I I completely agree. But I I really have found that that is a way, especially right now, to really differentiate yourself because I feel like not a lost art or anything like that. But I I feel like for the most part, it's like you said, it's not really the priority at this point for people Mm -hmm. who are looking to get started. And it really should be. All right, Liz, we end here on 10 questions called the Blitz. Uh, They're, you know, it might be, you know, subjective questions, but I'm I'm the arbiter of whether or not they're correct. Um, And they're all in good fun. Are you ready to go? Let's do it. All right. Number one, who is the single nicest actor or actress that you met during your time working in TV or films? Carrie Washington. Oh, Carrie Washington is obviously correct. (laughs) Carrie Washington's fantastic. So that was on Scandal? Yes. Is that? Oh, fantastic. Uh, What's the most difficult thing about being a fantasy analyst? Having to turn around a cogent take as news is breaking in 90 seconds. 
nearly an impossible task. That is correct. Uh, absolutely right. That is really one of the most difficult things. We do a rapid reaction podcast as the end, as the games are ending, and yeah. doing that podcast is probably the most difficult thing uh, in the world because you literally have to just take everything the second it happens and spin it out into a regular analysis. Um, Liz, I, you know I have two kids. We talked about them a little bit. Uh, I said that they liked that I mentioned their stuffed animals in our last podcast with Scott Fish. I'm letting them come up with one of the questions now. Okay. okay that, that's just how I need to appease them because they're monsters. Um, <laughs> so they're nine and seven, as I told you. They agree on nothing. This is the best I could come up with, okay? This is the only <laughs> thing that they could agree on. What is your favorite dessert, and how often are you allowed to eat it per week? Um, chocolate chip cookie dough, and per week, um, well, I'm a grown-up, so I can eat that every damn day if I would like. However, because I am responsible and understand moderation as an adult, which is why you should listen to your parent when they say you've had too many pieces of cookie dough, I try to limit it to once a month. Oh, uh, Liz, you were so close to being incorrect because, yeah, you were going to put me in quite a bind um, <laughs> because I was just going to have to give them nonstop dessert, basically. But you qualified it perfectly. It's obviously a correct answer. Uh, to be clear, my kids' favorite desserts uh, my daughter loves Cadbury mini eggs. That's always oh. her go-to, which my wife keeps stocked. And my son will eat a cheeseburger. That is legitimately his dessert. He's like, no, nah, oh no gosh. chocolate. Can I have another cheeseburger? And I'm like, it's not dessert, dude. That's just a bigger dinner. He's like, no, I'm calling it dessert. So I mean, but he's anyway, keto. It's fine. He's keto. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's, it's totally fine. <laughs> um, but that is correct. Thank you for for making sure they'll they'll we can say no to them. Um, number four, if you could have any superpower you wanted, any superpower in the world, what would it be? I know you have a seven-year-old because my seven-year-old asks me this all the time. <laughs> um, my super, my superhero power would be the ability to stop time. Ooh, okay, I, I like that. So, what would you? You would just stop time, and then what? Are you saying like you get stuff done during that, or what? Um, like what? Whatever I wanted. Like, let's say I'm witnessing a car crash happen. You know how it feels like slow motion. Yes. I could stop it, and I could arrange things so that no one was injured, for example, or. I could at an awful party if I'm running into someone that I don't particularly care for or I know it's going to be awkward. I could stop time and like move to another room. There are a million things you could do with that ability. Okay. So I was a little worried because your first part of your answer was like, you're legit being a superhero. Like you're like, <laughs> I must save car crashes and buildings. And your second one was like, no, this uh, terrible person was talking to me. I got to get out of here. That's right. That's what you really would, should use the superpower for. Um, so it's correct. I, I like it. I like your style. Um, all right. Number five. What's the first thing that you do? Not, you know, the first when the fantasy football season ends, like, you know, we're busy the entire time. I know you work on other things beyond fantasy football, but it's over. The season's finally over. You've made it through the grind. What's the first thing you really look forward to doing? Mm, are you talking about like, the end of the fantasy season or the end of football season? The end of the fantasy season. When when your work, you know, when you, because, you know, I assume, like me, like the fantasy season, you love it. Of course, you love doing everything. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. man, when I finished that last podcast, that last Sunday night recap podcast, I, yeah. you know, would have a party if I was allowed to see anybody else. But that that's basically what I mean. Like you're done with like, yeah. the grind of the work. What would you do? I think I would like to go – well, I what I've done in the past is go to a sports bar to watch Week 17 football and just get absolutely hammered and watch football for fun. <laughs> that's good. You probably – you know, let's hope you can do that um, this time, uh, this year. But that's the correct answer regardless because that's fantastic. What's one life skill? Number six. Mm -hmm. One life skill 
that you're really not good at? One life skill you're bad at? Um, I mean, I am horrible at wrapping presents. Like, I also don't understand why people care about it. Like, <laughs> what is a pretty present for? Like, that's great. I don't work at Macy's. I'm not the window dresser. I don't need to wrap a present. Why are we wrapping presents? It's wasteful. Also, I'm not great at time management. Right. I love it. I prefer <laughs> to wrap our presents, and not me either, because I am similarly terrible at it, in just anything that doesn't go correctly with the holiday. Like, if it's your birthday, you're, I'm making sure that we're wrapping it in Christmas wrapping, just because <laughs> I'm like, dude, if you care about this, I don't know why I'm giving you a present in the first place, because it really doesn't matter. Uh, that's correct. That's great. I, I'm terrible at that, too. So I, I feel like we're really kind of, you know, simpatico. All right, Liz. The next two questions, they kind of bounce off each other. Okay, so you know how people say like Citizen Kane, for example, it's like one of the all time great movies because it was ahead of its time and it had all these, you know, cinematic techniques that were really innovative at the time. But like on Saturday, you and your husband aren't like, you know what I really want to see right now? Give me some Citizen Kane. That's what I want to watch, right? <laughs> Rose, like That's just but, not how no. the world works. So the first question is. From, like, the critically acclaimed point of view. So, like, forget about if you actually want to watch it. But just, like, what do you think, if you had to say, what's the most, like, the best television show ever from, like, that Citizen Kane point of view? Okay, best television show ever from a Citizen Kane point of view. You know what I'm view. saying with yeah, Citizen I, Kane, right? Yeah, yeah, I totally understand. Okay. Like, yes. Um, uh, I mean, what I want to say doesn't like hold up anymore. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with um, All in the Family. All in the Family? Ooh. Okay. I tell you what, I'm going to hold my answer as to whether or not that's correct by waiting for you to answer the next question. What's your actual favorite television show? Like currently? <laughs> no, any show. You can go historical. Like if I went, if I went deep, like oh, it's probably right, right, right. Seinfeld, Breaking mm -hmm. Bad, one of those two for me. I mean, I kind of want to say friends, but that's real, real trite and a little bit of a giveaway. So um, I watch, I love television too. Like I, I, I'm a little bit, this is one of the ones where I, like, I like it so much that it's hard for me to pick a favorite. And I hate when people say that. Liz, um, we were just talking about how you can have a favorite child. And so we're talking about how you can pick a favorite <laughs> child, but you're like, I can't do it with the television shows. I can't. It's just, it's too much. It would be unfair to the, the all the shows. You could do it. Any show you want. You could do Friends. Friends is a great show. We had a little debate about the uh, merits of Phoebe Buffay as a, as a television character uh, internally when we had a TV character debate. Um, so you can certainly go there. I mean, I think I think Friends was very much appointment viewing for me. I also really loved Grey's Anatomy until okay. it like, fell That's off. That's still on the air, I think. Is that right? <laughs> Like yes, season it, 30 or something like that. Okay, but season three with Denny Duquette was like next level. Like yeah. that was that was next level. But I mean, I, I think like, oh, God, I loved me some Dawson's Creek, too. Oh, uh, man. Now you're just going. You're going down the rabbit hole. We'll never, <laughs> we'll never stop. Um, all right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to call that a tie for all those. I'm okay. going to give you correct answer on All in the Family because, yeah, I get it. Like right now, that show wouldn't fly, obviously, in today's um, environment. But back then, yeah, certainly I'm going to give you that one. I don't like people getting perfect scores, Liz, even though you're, <laughs> you're really closing in on this right now. Um, so I'm going to mark the last one incorrect just because you had such such a difficult time. Ooh, Liz, do you hear that right now? I do. Can you hear anything? I, I'm going to I'm wondering whether or not either our podcast, the guy who produces our podcast or a video is going to leave it. But 
my office is over our garage. And sometimes when my wife walks the dog, she forgets that I'm recording a podcast and she opens the garage door when she comes home. And last time we had this big joking part about it on the Fantasy Pros podcast. And then they left the entire discussion in on the video. So I'm going to assume that they're going to leave this entire part in. Hold on. She's going to close it in one minute, I assume. Or maybe not. We're just going to keep going. So Clinton, if you've edited all of this out, that's great. If not, everybody's just listening to my wife open my garage door. So anyway, I'm going to mark uh, the answer to question eight uh, incorrect just because, you know, you you had so many things going on there. And I'm going to pretend like I don't know every line to every Dawson's Creek episode and every Grey's Anatomy episode, even though I kind of do. I mean, were you team Jen or team Joey? Well, look, if I said that, I would have to admit that I've seen it. And um, my official answer is I've never seen it. So I I, I Mm. can't comment uh, on that. Let's go on to the next one. Liz, I have bad news for you. There is an asteroid that's going to hit Earth in exactly one year from now. Okay? You have the entire year to practice. The only way to stop this asteroid is that on July 1st, 2021, so in about a year from now, you successfully convert a standard NFL extra point attempt. You get all year to practice, to work on your technique. You can get a professional coach. You're going to have three tries to do it to stop this asteroid coming. Are you going to save the Earth or are we all like running for higher ground? I'm, I mean, I don't need three tries. I could try that on the first try. That is the <sighs> easiest thing that can possibly be done. I, I'm sorry. An extra point attempt, like an NFL, like converting an extra point attempt is the easiest thing that could possibly be done. I hate to give him more credit, but because you love my husband so much, just a little tidbit, he and his guy friends had, uh, and my husband is like by no means a specimen. I love him dearly, but like (laughs) guy's not rocked up. Um, um, He's a dad who wears cargo shorts, you know? Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, He and his bros had a, this ongoing bet that you know, they were like, uh, kicking a field goal is impossible, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, no, it's not. I could do it on the first try. I have video. Last summer, he went to a local, you know, park and his friends, you know, measured out the space and he did indeed kick it through the uprights quite beautifully on his first try. So if he can do it, I'm five, two and a half. I still think if I could do it. Oh, my God. First of all, you might be the most honest human being I've ever met in my life, and I love it. Um, Second of all, that's amazing, and you have incredible confidence, and it's correct, obviously, because, I mean, you just came right on. You were like, that's a ridiculous question. I'll obviously hit it, and I'll hit it all three times, and that you know, I'll stop the next three asteroids or whatever. So way to be. That's correct. Final question. Uh, If you could have lunch with any person in the world, so you get like an hour with them or something like that, living or dead, who would it be, and what would you talk about? I I would probably want to have lunch with my grandpa again and just Aww. say, hey, like, what do you think? I, I think I did it. Are you proud? How, how, by the way, crazy would he be to know that you talk about football like all the time? He would he would be the happiest person in the world, right? I mean, I think I think he would be very proud. Um, I think he'd. Oh, I'm a little emotional. I think he'd be Uh-oh. very. I'm, I think he'd be very proud that I'm able to like balance raising two little kids and having this job, and um, still maintain like honesty and authenticity and being like a good person. I do think I'm a good person, and that's what I try to be first. So I think that that would be the thing he was the most proud of. 
Well, that's a fantastic answer. It's obviously correct. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it to, you know, make you emotional. No, it's okay. You got me, though. Like Abraham Lincoln or Alexander Hamilton or something. I don't know. But your grandpa works absolutely perfectly. It is correct. It's nine correct. It probably would have been 10 correct if I wasn't mean and trying to pretend (laughs) that I hadn't seen all those things. So that was great. Liz, you are a marvel. You are hilarious. And you want to talk about authentic. You are probably the single most authentic human being that I might have ever talked to. Forget about on the show. Forget about in this industry like ever. Don't change. Uh, I You're fantastic. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Please remind everybody where they can find more of you and your fantastic work. Absolutely, Dan. Thank you so much. And you can follow me on social at Liz Loza underscore FF. That's the same handle for Twitter and Instagram. And of course, Yahoo Fantasy and Yahoo Sports. My work is there, both video, audio, written, all of it. Thank you. All right. Everybody be on the lookout for Dan and Liz Talk Kids, which should be dropping in like, I don't know, a few (laughs) weeks or something like that. Uh, In the meantime, remember, our Devonta Adams helmet contest is over, but we are giving away a signed Mike Evans jersey. Just leave an honest review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Send a screenshot of that review to GameChangers at FantasyPros.com. We'll be back next week with another guest. Thanks for listening.